Welcome into another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. We're Go247.com. Right now, you've got Billy Embody and Shay Dixon about to roll out our reactions from LSU's first weekend of camps. On Saturday, there was the offensive line and defensive linemen coming to town for a little O-line, D-line camp. And then Sunday, the skill positions wrapped things up. Uh, with a couple offers going out over the course of the weekend and uh, some plenty of big names on campus. So, Shay, thanks for joining the pod, man. How was the weekend out on the camp circuit? It was hot out there, but uh, it was good. They probably had a couple hundred O-line, more than, you know, more than 200 O-line, D-line there, and they were probably well under the three, 400, you know, 400-something skill guys there. And Obviously, I mean, that's everybody that's entering ninth grade all the way up to, um, you know, they had a JUCO guy, at least one there that I saw working O-line, D-line camp. So, um, and then you also toss in, you know, guys who just come in, uh, if they're playing high school ball, they're coming to, to work out and, and kind of learn some technique and, uh, and get to spend some time around other guys around the state. So uh, you mix those guys in with, um, obviously, a lot of the guys we'll talk about, the, the really top recruits and uh, it was uh, it was a jam packed week and it was a good way for them to start uh, the summer. Right. I mean, they knock out uh, an O-line D-line Saturday, a skills camp Sunday. Uh, they'll have a what a seven on seven kind of in the middle of the month, the youth camp. And and the end of the month will be that elite camp, which will be three days and uh, and sort of wild, wild west of, of guys rolling in. And uh, it's sort of um, left and right then. So. Uh, it was a, it was a good weekend. I thought it was a, a good way for Orgeron and them to, to kick off the month of Mar or excuse me month of uh, June. And and I will say that every I, I think Southeastern because they had a seven on seven on Saturday was the only one who wasn't there that day. But every team from around the state and every head coach, whether it was um, Coach Holtz or Fritz or um, you know even <clears throat> into the Lafayette area and uh, Billy Napier, his whole staff. Um, the Nichols coaches, uh, ULM, Southern, everybody was there. So uh, we've seen Ed Orgeron open his doors to uh, the state to come evaluate, and, and I think that they probably got a lot out of the weekend. Yeah, no, no question about that. That's been a consistent theme over the course of these camps uh, since Orgeron has taken over. Uh, a big name and, and just one of the many we're going to talk about in the first part of this podcast, which is the offensive line, defensive line, Jacoby and Guillory was back on campus. There was some thought he might be getting close to committing. What did you see from him on the field? And, and what have you kind of heard on that front? You know, I didn't hear anything that would lead me to believe he's about to pop any moment. Um, you know, I think that he, like a handful of guys in Louisiana right now who are ranked at the top are being recruited heavily by other schools. And I think there's a little group of them that, you know, Bama and LSU have prioritized. Um, certainly LSU's prioritized. And, and I think we've seen Bama while they do have a lot of offers out in Louisiana, like they probably have like nine or 10 offers out. There's that group of two or three guys that they're sort of really pressing for. And I think that Guillory's in that camp. Um, but I, I think that LSU's recruited him well. You know, I think LSU, I have my crystal ball on LSU. I think that's sort of where things have been standing, at least for the past year. Um, but I liked him. Look, we're talking about a national powerlifting champion. His raw strength is is quite evident uh, when you see him work out, and um, he's not a sloppy, you know, three hundred and and thirty pounds. I would have to see. He had sent me a text saying exactly what uh, he had checked in at um, six uh, one and three quarters, so about six two, uh, three hundred and thirty seven pounds. And 
Um, you know, he's probably a guy who's just kind of built to be in that uh, above 315, 320. And, and I think that colleges will want him right in that 325, 330 range, uh, especially once he gets into really good shape. And um, as a nose tackle in that setting, it's tough for anybody to block him. And uh, there came a point probably 15 minutes into one-on-ones where Ed Orgeron said, look, nobody bull rush anyone. Uh, I want to see some moves. I want to see you guys get around them. And uh, he sort of answered that call and, and showed that he can move a bit uh, for being you know, a 330-pound interior lineman. Uh, I thought he had a strong day. I thought he looked great a year ago in summer camp. Um, he's got the film. He's played healthy. Uh, I think he's a guy who is sort of stock steady, right? And, and he'll be a top five player in the state and will be recruited hard to the end by everybody. Yeah, I think having seen him in the spring, he's somebody that guy just 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 jumps off it off the page uh, in terms of strength, like you mentioned. And it's good to hear that you know he was able to showcase some of that pass rushing uh, ability as well. They're going to move him out to end at Alexandria this year from the nose to kind of change things up a little bit in terms of how they use him. Uh, one guy that has, has been a big riser in the state, somebody that's stock is on the on the up. Jalen Lee, I saw him in spring ball. He worked out a little bit before he. Had to go uh, hit that summer job. What do you what do you see in in your brief time from the Live Oak defensive tackle? Yeah, that's dedication right there, brother. Dipping out of camp to go work the job. I uh, I like it. I can respect it. Um, look, Lee's a guy that he's sort of playing at Live Oak. It wasn't like he was like the most hyped guy a year ago. Um, he went into last year and had a very strong season. People started seeing his tape. Uh, and he quickly picked up like his offer sheets as good as anyone in Louisiana. Let's be real. I mean, he's got Bama, LSU, Georgia, uh, you name the sort of elite programs um, from around here. And, and they're after him uh, and to some degree, at least. Right. They've offered him. They've been evaling him. They want him at camp. Uh, and I thought he looked good. I mean, he's in the you know, you compare him to a guy like Guillory who's a pure nose. Uh, Lee is, you know, he's taller. He's probably six, two and a half, pushing six, three. Um, but he's also 290 something pounds. And uh, I think that he's good enough to where, in my opinion, he's going to be a take at all these schools that we sort of talked about, especially when we come to the end of the process. And, uh, you know, people are out there trying to find guys they can flip or get in the boat. And uh, I don't know if, you know, if he's told you the spring, if he's got an exact timetable on things, but I like where LSU stands, but I really don't know where LSU stands because he hasn't, let's be real, he hasn't started his official visits. He's made a number of unofficial visits places, but it's not like he's tipped his cap and said, look, I'm a, I'm a lock to this team. So I think he'll be interesting moving forward um, because LSU's going to be recruiting him hard, but uh, I don't know if he's leaning towards leaving the state or, or if he grew up with, you know, an affinity for LSU giving, um, you know, he's a stone's throw from town. Yeah, I think that he's somebody that plays uh, his his cards very close to the vest. I, I have heard um, just from people close to him that that there's kind of a a little bit of a of a pro LSU vibe in terms of keeping him close to home. Um, but he's somebody that is tackling the recruiting process, especially all its attention, really, really well from just a maturity standpoint, especially with how quickly it, it's come. And um, one player now that we're going to talk about and, and the attention has come really this spring uh, in a way, very similar to Lee. Just it's been more um, as of spring ball is Patrick Jenkins, John Eric defensive lineman that picked up an LSU offer. Shay, was that surprising to you in a way? And um, I mean, he must've put on a show on, on sun on Saturday. You know, I, w- I was surprised because I didn't have him 
on firmly on my radar, right. Of, of guys that would show up and, and really show out. And we, we knew he was a good player because he had good film and he was picking up some, um, you know, nice FBS offers. And, and he was sort of beginning to crack that power five ceiling this spring, uh, as coaches went through and saw him and, um, look in their spring game. Um, he had another, he had three sacks. I know he had a number of tackles. Um, he's a guy who, in my opinion, I thought, oh man, college coaches are going to think that he's probably on the smaller side, right? Like that. And I think at one point we had him listed in the two fifty range. Um, you knew he was a shade under six, two, uh, but he showed up this weekend at weekend and checked in, in that six, one, six, two range, but a firm two eighty, and he's out there running, you know, about five flats and can jump nearly 30 inches, uh, you know, avert. And, uh, he's got a nice wing for a kid, his size, you know, he's not the tallest dude in the world. Um, you know, he said that he had a 78 range wingspan, which is, you know, solid. I mean, if you're pushing above 80, uh, that's mostly offensive tackle range. So all of that kind of surprised me. What didn't surprise me is that when they put him through one-on-ones and individuals that nobody could really block him, his first step was so quick. He's got some power given he's in the two eighties. Uh, and you can see that his best football is probably ahead of him. And uh, I hate comping guys all the time, but I think he's a Lewis Neal type of player who's going to play, you know, yes, undersized with height, but weight wise, he's fine in the two eighties and he looks good carrying it. And, um, he's only going to get in better shape. So, uh, he had a stock up weekend simply by just how he performed. And, and obviously Billy, even more so when LSU offers him and, uh, look, he Vanderbilt in Colorado. Um, I think where the schools, he had told me that he, he just knocked out one visit. He was going to go on another, uh, I'd have to cross reference that to make sure, but you sort of get the feel for what kind of schools he's been looking at and, and then putting an LSU offer on the table, uh, especially for a new Orleans kid at John Aaron, I think it's obviously a massive deal. Um, so it won't shock me to see him in this class. And, uh, and I certainly think he would deserve it based on, uh, the film he's put together, you know, really over the past 12 months. Yeah, that was my big question with him was was size, height. Does he have the length to play in the SEC? I think, like you said, he sounds like he proved that on on Saturday with his work. Uh, he was working against some quality guys on the offensive line too. That really stood out to you, Tykeus Crawford out of Carthage in in East Texas. Might as well be <laughs> Louisiana out there. Uh, he's committed to Arkansas. He's made his way over to LSU now uh, twice, a couple times uh, to take in uh, spring practice and. And do that, and now he was back on campus working out for the staff. Uh, sounds like he was pretty dominant, and he looks the part, huh? Yeah, I, I like I like the pickup for Arkansas, and I, I would like to pick up if LSU said, "Hey, we're flipping to get him on board." And I think they're in that process, right? We've already seen him visit campus, what has now been a handful of times this spring, and this was obviously the first time he worked out. And uh, for them to just get a feel for how he looks, and he was blocking in that setting, which is tough, right? Like one-on-ones with a bunch of speed rushers is not uh, always easy on an offensive tackle in the camp setting, but he looked really good. I don't know where he's carrying 330 pounds. I mean, he looks all of 285, 290, just clean. Uh, and he's probably, he is certainly a legit six, five, um, you know, a couple of different uh, spots. He's toured around him, ha- have had him at that range. So I liked him a lot. I think that that's, the type of, I mean, look, LSU needs offensive tackles in this class right now. I think that he fits that bill. Obviously, you mentioned proximity to Louisiana and, and campus. And 
Uh, I don't know. He's been committed to Arkansas really for a month. He might have committed in May or maybe in April, so maybe two months now. So not some long period of time. I think that if LSU really puts in the work there, that they could have the chance to be in the thick of things. But um, look, Billy, you know, you spent a lot of time in Dallas, spent a lot of time in East Texas, and and kind of the vibe on him, at least, is that, look, as opportunities come, uh, he'll sort of feel them out. So uh, LSU may love him, uh, but I think that as other teams see him, that will probably be the case for a handful of teams that could jump into the mix. Yeah, no question. And another guy that people are going to love once they see him and somebody I watched play basketball just two weeks ago uh, is one of the younger guys, 2021 uh, offensive tackle and, and one of the top overall prospects in the country, Ruben Fathere. He's, he's just out of the Houston area. He made the trip over with his family uh, to, to give it a go at camp. Uh, he went one-on-one with Jaquel and Roy, held his own very, very well there. Um, what else did you see from, from him? He's a massive, massive offensive tackle. Oh, yeah. So what did he do when you saw him play basketball first? Give me that, and, and then I'll follow you back with the football. I'm assuming if he's six, seven range, he's playing down low. Oh yeah. Yep. He's actually, uh, he plays on, uh, Javante smarts, uh, team. Houston. So, um, and he gets plenty of playing time. They, they're kind of devoid of bigs a little bit this year. Um, but at six, seven, three Oh five is what he's listed at. I, I think he's more in that, you know, potentially like three thirty range, but, um, he might even be six, eight, but look, I, I mean, he, he has really good feet, has a good drop step and, um, you know, he's excited. They're going to peach jam in, uh, in July. And he's, he's excited about that. And, um, you know, amped to get back out there. He, he was impressive. His feet really impressed me and it, and it showed in camp too. Yeah. So he's, okay. So he's only a sophomore, right? Okay. So he just finished a sophomore year. So he'll be a junior. Um, he's got already everybody offered, you know, uh, LSU, Bama. Uh, I was going through his profile. I mean, he's got 20 something offers, as you said, already a top 100 guy, uh, being one of the top guys in the country on 24 seven, uh, I'll tell you this. He said when I talked to him, checked in at 298 at LSU's camp. So that's probably a good thing, right? Wow. Being, entering his junior year, he's going to stay under 300. Um, but he was. He said, look, I'm, I was a legit thing. He said he was six, seven and a half. So that's the kind of dude we're talking about. And uh, as you mentioned, his length, um, just from talking to people, uh, he was one of the longest kids that was at the camp. Uh, in terms of wingspan, arms, and you could tell when he blocked everybody. I mean, he could just, his reach was there. He could get out and and get a hand on whoever it was, no matter uh, if they had beaten him and he had to recover a little or or whatever the case or just initial engagement. I I thought he was solid. Uh, He was the best underclassman O-lineman, and it wasn't close. And, you know, he was battling with, with Crawford, who we just talked about, uh, for sort of, you know, the premier lineman at the camp, in my opinion. Um, and I get it. I, I saw between knowing he plays AAU ball and knowing that uh, what I saw from him, you know, just working out as a football player at tackle and camp and uh, that he's got some film out there. Uh, there's no reason, you know, he'll be one of the more coveted guys in, you know, the Southeast area next year would be my guess. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, Look, I mean, I want to cap with, with this one, which is just a huge, huge name when it comes to LSU next cycle, and that's Chiquel and Roy out of Baton Rouge U High. And he was on campus. Then he went to Bama the next day. Um, he had a really, really good showing, and, and we talked about it. Look, he's exactly how you draw him up. Uh, what did he show um, you know, at LSU camp? And, and just uh, where, is, where is he trending in terms of a, of a ranking? You know, well, I think he's – I'll touch on that point last. And Gabe Brooks, who 
Uh, obviously, most of the listeners know who he is. He does our uh, recruiting for the state of Louisiana and Texas in terms of uh, overseeing rankings and, and compiling everything, and he watches everybody. Uh, and he wrote, and I was going through an email to us about a year and a half ago. Um, we were talking about this class, and he said, look, Jaquel and Roy right now and early in his career, you know, they were playing for state titles, obviously. He was on the big stage, and uh, Gabe saw him and said he's got a chance to be really special, but he's got to figure out a way to <clears throat> get – get by more, be more dominant on the field for something other than his size. And, you know, that was when he was coming out of his sophomore year and how much we've seen him develop since then, you know, in the past 12 months, not just physically, which I mean, he's an absolute beast. He's well put together. Uh, he's tall. He looks like what a college defensive lineman is supposed to look like, especially in the sec, um, easily six, three, probably two ninety, right at that. And just, completely filled out, but we've seen his game go to the next level. He's got an arsenal of moves that he likes to go to. Uh, he knows how to use his hands a lot more than he did when he was uh, younger in his career. So what you would expect to be natural progression has been there. And, and he's sort of taken to coaching and, and in my opinion, right, made that jump to be among the elite linemen. I won't be surprised. He's going to battle Keishon Boutte for, the number one player in the state of Louisiana. And I think both of them are right there neck and neck to be fair, right? Even now uh, with their rankings are they're only 20 spots off or something. Uh, but I also think that he'll battle nationally to where I don't, I don't see a reason by the time, you know, January rolls around and kids are playing in all American games after their senior year that he's not being talked about, you know, not as a top 10 defensive lineman or what, you know, if he's ranked as a D tackle, but uh, more of like a top five overall prospect in terms of that I've seen past rushers that are out there. And there's some special ones. There's some very good ones in this class, but I think we've seen him in the past 12 months jump a lot more towards that upper group than anybody else in the state. Right. I'm with you. And and look, I mean, he's somebody that at this point, he goes to Bama the next day. This is trending towards an LSU Alabama battle. I mean, it, this is where can you handicap this one at all right now? I mean, the, just the way it's trending, it doesn't look like he could have a decision by the end of his or the beginning of his senior year. I, I think this one's going to stretch a little bit. Yeah, you know, I keep saying that I think he's eventually just going to get tired of it and commit somewhere. Um, but it'll be a battle, whether it's December or February, battle all the way until then. I do think it's going to be LSU-Bama. Um, those are the staffs that have prioritized him more than anyone. And I think because those are the two staffs who feel like they have a real shot at him. Like I think BAM is the only school that looks and says we might be, you know, we can go toe to toe here, uh, and try to steal him away from LSU. I don't know if other schools would have that same fortune. Um, but look, we know because we were tracking all the dudes that BAM was recruiting last year, they signed a big defensive line haul because they were having some turnover and certainly expected turnover. They brought a lot of guys in. Um, they're adding a normal amount of D linemen in this class. Uh, and on the contrary, LSU certainly can sell them on playing time. And, and I know that he's talked about wanting to play early, um, but we'll see what it comes down to. I do. I think it's tough to handicap at this stage, you know, just being that we don't even know when he's going to shut things down again, but Given he was already committed to LSU once, he spends a lot of time around campus. They're going to be in it till the end. Uh, and I won't be, I'd be surprised like if he committed to Bama in a month and just like did that. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did that with LSU, if that makes any sense. So uh, I think they're in a good spot, but I think they're, they're going to have to work. You know, it's going to come down to the end. 
Right. No question. And, and he really backed off of that commitment and, and just said, Hey, I jumped into the, the boat too early. I wanted to explore my options. And, um, it does appear like it's going to be an LSU Bama battle and, and, uh, both schools hosted him over the weekend. So we'll see that one will be, uh, certainly one that LSU fans will have their eye on. And he's, he's one of those guys where he's a difference maker in terms of, uh, you know, winning that war in the trenches against Alabama that LSU has, has kind of struggled to over the last, you know, really, you know, almost decade now. So he's a big name. We've got plenty more big names to talk about after this quick break. We're going to talk the skills camp as LSU welcomed uh, some commits to campus as well as dished out a couple more new offers. So we'll be right back after this to talk about that on the Go 24-7 podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Billy Embody and Shay Dixon breaking down LSU's two football camps over the weekend. We already wrapped up talking about the offensive line and defensive line. We're going to move on to the skill guys. A big showing. Um at LSU, highlighted by their quarterback commitment in the 2020 class. One of two, T.J. Finley and Max Johnson. T.J. Finley was back on LSU's campus throwing. Uh, Shay, you were impressed with what you saw out of him. He's been on a tear on the 7-on-7 circuit, and and now he was back at camp with a big day. Yeah, I, I like, look, I thought that two of the best days I've seen him throw were in LSU's camp settings a year ago. And again, this past weekend, um, and he looked sharp and for the people that don't get to see him as much as we do, when you see him for the first time, I mean, he's, he is six, six, 239 pounds, 240 pounds. I mean, he is massive kid. So that jumps off the page. So you've got this sort of raw base that you get to build off of. And I think that his accuracy has has been improving and, so much gets said about this two quarterback class because the two quarterbacks they have committed are a, I guess both of them really aren't on great teams or at least teams that didn't have great years last year. Max Johnson's team had a winning record, but the knock knock on Max Johnson was that he was in the 30% completion rating, which uh, you want to see that obviously go up in a big way this year. 
the knock with Finley was they just didn't win a lot of games, right? And and there were games early on where they were scoring 70 points a game. But uh, as the season went on, um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, they just kept sort of dropping games. The offense sort of slowed down. And uh, with Finley, you know, it wasn't as much the completion percentage or any of that. Like he was above 50 percent. You wanted him to be better than that into the 60s. But uh, it was more they just weren't winning a bunch of games. So I think he's got a chance to really – if Ponchatoula plays well this year to up his stock in a big way. Uh, but this past weekend he threw well, I mean, he was, he was dialed in. He was working with Joe Brady and Insminger the whole time. They were shooting off the, the route combos they wanted. They were telling him um, kind of what they were looking to see from him. They were working a lot of tight end stuff, catching the ball um, specifically, you know, when TJ came back around into the, the throwing rotation and, a lot of what came out of LSU was praise. Hey, you know, it was, uh, you're having a strong day. Hey, you're looking sharp way to stay, be dialed in. I think that in that setting, he's been very good. Um, and that kind of excites me because I think there's no reason now that he doesn't carry that into his senior season. And, uh, and I think he'll be able to silence a lot of the critics who've been out there and, and that's natural, right? We're just, you're watching quarterbacks. It's the most important position. Uh, people have strong opinions on it and, and I get that, but, uh, I do think that this year, uh, on Friday nights, uh, I'm eager to see because, um, like a handful of guys this spring, I would put him into that group. He's been good. He's been very impressive getting to go throw in seven on sevens and now in camp settings. And, um, now I'm excited to see him sort of bring that to the field. Yeah. And, and you mentioned that he's got, he's got a chance to, like you said, silence some critics. I've been kind of critical of him. I think winning is a really important trait in quarterbacks and, um, you know, just, just the way he's kind of developed here in the spring has been impressive. I I'm interested to see him, you know, take it to the Friday nights because Friday night lights, because he's got talent at receiver. That was kind of one of the things that was kind of a knock early on. He's got his brother, Cody Finley, and he's got Jacoby Matthews, one of the top prospects in the state um, a couple of years down the line now. So talent at the receiver position isn't the issue. They've got to put up uh, some numbers here. Um, and he's also got to improve his completion percentage. So, but starting, with camp starting with seven on seven, he's looked really, really good. And um, like you said, we'll see if he can take that into his senior season. Uh, Shay, anyone else jump out to you at, at the quarterback position? You know, I'd say that just mentioning guys quickly, I, I've always been, I know you have to um, a Keelan Brown fan out of Zachary. I think that there's a reason they are, ta- they are really talented. So I'm not surprised they're winning state championships. David Burton and his staff are phenomenal. But without Keelan Brown, I don't know if they had the success they've been having, and that's not a knock on their team. I'm just saying Keelan's good, and he's a really good baseball player. I'm curious what happens. I'll tell you this. Tulane took Justin Ibieta, and I think they're taking a two-quarterback class, and their whole staff was out there, uh, all eyes on Keelan Brown. That would be, I think, a huge land for them. If they got Ibieta and Brown, uh, you feel good about your in-state quarterback class there. Um, but we'll see where he goes. He's got some, uh, Baylor, a number of Vir- Virginia, a number of offers like that. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the knock on him will just be that he's six feet tall or, you know, right in that range. But, boy, he can run and he can throw it. So uh, I'm curious where he goes. Uh, Caleb Holstein's little brother, Eli, is only an eighth grader. He'll be going into ninth grade at St. Thomas More over in Lafayette. But he threw the ball well. All the in-state schools were watching him, obviously, uh, coming out of the Acadiana area in a few years. He'll be a very good one. Uh, and then Carlos Del Rio from McEachern in Georgia was there, and uh, he threw the ball well. He'll be a national recruit type uh, a year from now. He's already picking up some nice offers. So 
it was a good group, but I, I think it was fair to say, I mean, Finley had the best day, uh, at least in my opinion, from watching the guys throw in the morning and the afternoon. Yeah, you you mentioned uh, Holstein and and Keelan Brown. There was there was another really good baseball player, just about six feet tall, uh, ended up winning the Heisman Trophy uh, and having some serious wheels as well. And that's what Keelan Brown is. He's not Kyler Murray, but look, I mean, he's I mean, his storyline is very very similar. So somebody's going to get a steal. Um, I love him. He's my top quarterback in the state at this point. I mean, like you said though, uh, that Zachary. Uh, offense and team I, I think wouldn't be where it is without without him i'm interested to see how they'll replace him when he's gone but they got things rolling over there uh in zachary lsu did dish out uh, a 2021 wide receiver offer and uh, a 2022 athlete offer uh let's start with dakari collins he's out of georgia he's already one of the top players in the country in 2021 he camped and he earned that lsu offer what'd you see a big dude, because he and Carlos Del Rio go to high school together, um, and they were both there on Saturday hanging out. So I saw him then, um, and he is all of – I mean, he's in the 10th grade, and he's 6'3", 215. So you see him, and you're like, that dude's definitely good. You know, dude's definitely good. He, he looks the part. And he came out at wide receiver, and I thought he looked sharp. And uh, as you said, picked up the LSU offer. Uh, I don't, you know, he just had to go out there and not mess it up for that to happen. He's got a bunch of other offers. It was just a matter of him, uh, really even this far out, come to campus or them seeing him this summer, uh, getting him at least in person to see that how legit that size is. Uh, and then you see him on the field. I thought he was, he was good. He didn't, uh, he was among the better receivers there. Uh, cause there were some guys who were about to be seniors who obviously uh, have had a little more time to develop, but. Uh, I think he'll be one that we see a lot of SEC SEC schools go after. And uh, that's the kind of, look, you need to have as many as those type of guys around campus right now for summer camps and all that because uh, recruiting rolls fast in this 2020 class with all the guys we've talked about uh, will be done. You know, you'll snap your fingers and look up and it's February and you've got to make sure you're in a good spot with these 2021 kids. And uh, I think that they did a pretty good job of getting guys like Collins and others there this weekend. And, and speaking of getting others there, I mean, that tight end group was among, you said, the best you've seen. Plenty of power five guys. Uh, it started on, on Saturday even. Uh, run us down the list of names that was there. They were an impressive bunch. Yeah, well, Conyers being there on Saturday uh, was like more of as you caught up with him for a story on the site. He, he showed up to O-line, D-line camp and looked, you know, did a couple of tours and uh, was able to get a little workout in and. He is the one of the better tight end prospects I've seen based off pure athleticism. And we're talking about a guy that was playing DB receiver quarterback. He's playing quarterback now again this year. Um, so he's not putting in the work nonstop at tight end, but he's already really good at the spot as a pass catcher. And look, I'll tell you this and I'll run down the list. Cause on Sunday they had all these guys there. Uh, Eric Shaw uh, coming out of Alabama was there. Connor O'Toole out of New Mexico, uh, Clay caught a lot of Ohio, Tristan go lightly and Donovan Johnson uh, to a Texas 2020 receivers. Uh, they had a Juco guy in Harrison Ashby there uh, working out at tight end. Uh, and I mentioned Conyers there the day prior. So of the, all the guys they've offered, you know, they had five, six of them, seven of them there on campus and able to work them out. Uh, and since Conyers was on his own, I got to see the whole group the next day. Um, and at least in my opinion, look, I'll watch him for probably two hours, maybe of a whole day. But uh, I was super intrigued by Eric Shaw uh, out of Alabama. And 
He's got a handful of offers. He's in the top two, four, seven, but he's one of those guys who he reminds me, I guess, if for people listening and who are diehards and would get the comparison of he's going through his process like Jalen Lee kind of, where he's got a bunch of offers, but he's not going a bunch of places. He's not on Twitter all day talking about it. Uh, you know, he's not doing a bunch of article updates and kind of quietly has just been popping up on different campuses now that the summer has started and working out. And we're talking about a kid who's six four, well over 200 pounds, uh, long, uh, can run, can jump. Uh, I thought that, at least for me, uh, he was what they're looking for in a tight end. And, and I'll make that point to wrap up that group. What they all have in common, for the most part, is they're, a handful of them are listed as wide receivers. A couple of them are listed as athletes. Uh, and LSU is going towards that type of their tight ends are going to look a lot more like receivers than they do offensive linemen. And, and I think that in Joe Brady's offense and even in Zwingers, I think that that will be uh, a positive, that they've got a real grip on um, the direction they want to go when they're passing the football and uh, more often than not, than not, that will mean finding these kids who are athletes that they're sticking at tight end or who are just, you know, receiving tight ends and really making them a priority opposed to, you know, sort of the typical prototypical inline blocking tight end, I guess, that we've kind of been used to them recruiting over really golly the past 15 years, I'd say. So I think we're sort of seeing the shift right now. We're, we're sort of in the presence of uh, that turn happening. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, on that. And I, and look, I think that's where the game is going too. And, and it's, it's really been proven. I mean, these guys that can run and catch and, and block and, um, you know, Foster Moreau is just a, a lost art in terms of, um, you know, being able to block and when targeted, he caught the football and he's just so reliable. He's, he's got that Jason Witten like mentality to him, just being just a warrior out there really. And um, fl- flipping over though, to the defensive side of the ball, uh, you, there's some guys that caught your eye. Bryce Anderson picks up an offer. Uh, he's a 2022 athlete out of Beaumont, Texas, Westbrook, uh, which is one of the top programs in the state and went to a state championship. Um, Eric Reed was on campus. Great kind of this group down on the back end of things, the linebackers and secondary. What'd you think? Yeah. Look, I liked, you mentioned those guys, Bryce Anderson picked up an offer. He's only a freshman this past year. Um, but they, they had him invited to camp. They knew that, look, this kid's going to come and probably look good. He did as a freshman. We're probably going to offer him. And he shows up and, and does just that. So uh, that one didn't surprise me. I got a store away for the future, right? We're a few classes away from him at the moment. Um, but I run down the list. Mike Harris, the safety out of Phoenix City, who was Peter Parrish's high school teammate. They won a state title last year in 7A in Alabama. I, I like him. I think he's a really good looking safety prospect. LSU has a lot of safety options, which is a good thing um, in a year where they do need to score big with a couple. So I like him. I don't know if he'll end up at LSU, but he's a guy that's sort of been around a good amount this spring. Eric Reed's in that same boat. I think being an in-state guy and, and maybe just have, being a little bit further along than Harris at this point, Eric Reed at Calvary Baptist is um, a really good looking prospect. I think we have him ranked in the top 150. I think he's about that kind of player. Um, and then I sort of jump around even to next year, a, a guy you've seen a handful of times, Kane Williams look, continues to look good as a safety. He'll be, he already has all the offers from uh, top sec schools, but he'll be a very heavily recruited player. Um, there's a kid, Jaden Scott for 2022 out of North shore who 
uh, I think will be like a Bryce Anderson. They'll probably come around uh, and make a move on him. Uh, you high had a DB. Um, I had his name. Let me see. Jordan Gilbert uh, is his name. And he was probably six two um, and only a 10th grader. So he'll be an 11th grader this year. Uh, I won't be surprised if we start hearing his name pop up uh, around with some offers coming out of you high, given how many people went through there this spring uh, to see the other players on their team, notably Jaquel and Roy. Um, but that was sort of the group uh, that I liked, at least at DB um, at linebacker. I can t- I like Taiwan Berry Hill a lot out of new Orleans. I think that he's getting slept on, not necessarily by LSU. I think LSU likes him. It's just a matter of how high a level they are at recruiting linebacker, but if he doesn't go power five, that's a steal for who's ever getting him. He'll be one of the better players on their team. But uh, I can see him landing at a big school uh, coming out of St. Aug. Uh, look, two players out of Mississippi, twin linebackers, who we saw at the opening in New Orleans. But uh, Josiah and Joseph Perryman, uh, they were both there. They're playing at Madison County over in Mississippi. Uh, and I think that as juniors, they'll probably have a lot of eyes on them. They'll start picking up some big SEC offers. Um, and Adam Cheney and Jordan Ingram, a couple Alabama kids who have sort of been on the radar, you know, over the past six months, uh, were both there, both looked good. Um, but I think are both in the position where you sort of move forward and, uh, and you recruit the guys sort of all over your board and, and hope you can pop some big dominoes. But if you don't, you set yourself up well with, uh, sort of a deep board of guys that you can go after. And, and I think with 15 commits, that's kind of where LSU's at, right? 15, 16 commits is you can't. You can't make too many moves at this stage, knowing you've got a lot of guys you like, 10 spots left, something like that. Uh, and you're going to have to kind of play a waiting game of sorts uh, as you make these camp evals. So uh, it was a good group on the defensive side. But look, the, the skills camp, excuse me, the elite camp at the end of the month, uh, when they have that three day stretch, Billy, is when we'll see probably uh, everybody really roll into campus. Yeah, no question. And and quickly, one player that was there just hanging out, which is a good sign, um, even though he went to Alabama the next day, is, is Kayshawn Butte, the state's number one prospect of over as of now. Um, he was there hanging out. What what did you uh, what have you kind of heard since Alabama entered the mix during his spring practice there? You know, he seems. <sighs> I think that he likes Alabama. I'd be surprised if he ended up at Bama and. I say that because he's a Lafayette area kid. He plays at Westgate. It's not like Bama's uh, been pipelining uh, Acadiana area talent. And, and for the most part, when LSU recruits that area, uh, they're able to get him. as evidenced by Butte, who was one of their first commitments before he really even blew up. And uh, since then, he's not ever wavered on it. He's he picked up some other new offers and taken visits like the one he took. But uh, I'd be a little surprised if he – ever really wavered uh, off of that because um, he just seems like a guy who likes LSU, likes the vibe of it, um, has family in the area. And, and it's sort of, as he said, when he committed, he's envisioned himself uh, playing football for the Tigers, potentially running track, which we've seen a handful of Kerry Vincent, Keenan Jones, a handful of guys have done that uh, in recent years coming out of Louisiana. So uh, I think that LSU is in a, a fine spot. I, Again, Jaquel and Roy, those guys, like I see it, they're at you high. They've got guys like um, yeah, Dylan Moses and all them will be in their ear. And, and, and even into Jacoby and Guillory, who's on the D-line, that's sort of been Bama's calling card is trying to get some D-linemen out of Louisiana. But I, I'd be a little – I know Devonta Smith went there out of a meet, but I'd be a little surprised if 
Um, you know, they were able to come into Louisiana and snag, you know, the biggest receiver in the state who's already been committed to LSU. Yeah, the, that look, Boutte and Roy, I mean, they're, they're both going to be, you know, highly sought after, especially by Alabama. They've had them both on campus now. Uh, we'll see if that moves the needle for either one of them. Um, but, you know, the, I, I think with Roy, like we talked about, it's going to be a long, long process. Boutte, I, I would imagine he kind of will have an idea soon. You know, after this visit now, in terms of if he wants to really kind of pursue this interest or see, take an official visit and do that, um, it's going to be one to monitor for sure, though. I mean, look, I mean, they're going to make a big push and and um, and especially with the receiver class that that LSU has has committed right now. It'll be interesting to see if Bama kind of can use that against LSU or or what have you uh, with Butte. But look, I think LSU can use that track, that track kind of history of guys, you know, doing both. And, um, I think the relationship with, with Corey Raymond over there would be big as well. So we'll see if, uh, LSU can hang on to Butte and, um, a great weekend of camp Shay. I mean, just, just, you know, didn't yield any commitments, but I thought overall, uh, it went really well for LSU. So thanks for giving us the rundown, man. That was awesome. Absolutely. I'm with you. It was a very solid, given it was two one day camps. It was a solid turnout for him. And, uh, I went into the weekend telling people, look, I don't think that they'll pop any commits, but I think it was largely based off they were trying to eval a handful of 2020 guys. Obviously, we see some new offers go out, but uh, really get a grip on some younger guys before you have to hit that elite camp and, and you really get a focus on the current class with, like we said, double-digit commits left, but it's only 10 of them that you can fill up the class with. So they've got to be picky at this point. Yeah, no question, and uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and – um, we'll be previewing a big LSU official visit weekend later in the week. So check out the go 24 seven podcast when that drops for now, have a great week guys. And, and thanks for tuning in.